Hey, it's me, Lisa P, and welcome to It's Called Life, where we deep dive into relationships, womanhood, motherhood, society, and culture, and all the other things that make up this crazy thing we call life. And today I am joined by Sarah Tick at Three Minute Advice, who is a men's dating coach. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for joining me today. Can you hear me? Sorry, you just froze. I don't know what was happening. So sorry. Oh, no worries. That happens. Um, you know, technology. You're back. <laughs> sorry, you're back. I got you. Oh, good. Okay. Well, how are you doing today, Sarah? Thank you so much for joining me in my little virtual studio here. Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I think the conversations that you are having out there for men and women and all people is just really important. So I'm so happy to get to hang out with you today. Ah, yeah, me too. And I've been watching a lot of your stuff and I have so many questions because you are a woman who's a men's dating coach, which I think actually is brilliant because if anyone's going to tell guys what women want, it's another woman as opposed to the the male podcasters who think they have it all figured out. Um, so how did you get into dating coaching? Well, thank you, first of all. And I, I totally agree. I wish that I saw more women in the male space. I have a lot of theories as to maybe why that's not happening as much. But, um, you know, the long story of it is I kind of feel like I was maybe like the first original online dater. So I'm a, I'm a child of the 80s. Um, so you might re- remember a little software company called America Online. And I went <laughs> yeah. on as a kid in those chat rooms and I had my first little boyfriend when I was 12 years old. And of course, my parents were watching. It's not a cautionary tale. He's a real person. But I think that really kind of put me on this trajectory of thinking about how communication, technology, and dating and love all can intersect. And this was, mm-hmm. of course, before any dating apps were or even created. And my whole life, I've just been fascinated by that. So I, um, I have my degree, I'm also a licensed couples therapist. And so I've always been interested in couples, relationships, gender roles, dating, all of it. And I think all of them dating, I love it. Yeah, it's everything fun. So um, this is really my passion. And I, I launched my company modern meat, Last fall, it's I've been coaching on and off uh, for 12 years, but this is where I really decided it's time. I'm going all in, and it has been an absolutely incredible experience. And you are happily married. I am, and my husband, <laughs> you know, is so supportive, and he's always watching my TikToks. I'm like, you can't watch them with me in the room. It's too embarrassing. But oh, that's so embarrassing. Yeah, no, I wouldn't like that either. <laughs> So bad, but he's been wonderful. And he really gives me a lot of ideas and, and messages for men because I think he really, you know, knows what it's like to to date a modern woman and how that has evolved over time. And I think that that's a big conversation to be had. It is. And I, I also think that a lot of these dating experts that we see on podcasts are very rarely like happily settled married people. Right. So like maybe you can discuss the first, you know, approach, but how are you really going to tell someone how to have a long lasting relationship? Because I find that the skills necessary to start a relationship are very different than the skills needed to continue a relationship. 100%. And I always tell people, you know, being a couples therapist as well, I kind of see on the back end worst case scenario. I see what's breaking down in marriages. I see where couples are struggling to communicate. And if I can work on the front end of before you even meet this woman, here's some things you really need to keep in mind. I feel like maybe I'll end up preventing a lot of these couples down the road ending up on my couch. So it's a real full circle. Some of these things that you're talking about that might prevent things, are these like compatibility things? Absolutely. Um, Especially with men on the apps, you know, they're so often just sort of looking at the pictures and just visual. Yeah, which great. We love we love that you want to be attracted. But my clients that I work um, with at my membership and my one on one VIPs, we really deep dive and say, what are your core values? How are you going to know yes. when you find those core values? What What's she going to say to exemplify it? And what are your red flags that when she does these things, you're out? So you're not wasting 10 years in a bad relationship. So very comprehensive. Definitely a lot of those questions. I God, I, 
somehow I landed myself in a very great marriage, but like now looking back, I should have had so many qualifiers that like happened to be in my, in my husband. But like, there's so many things that you don't think about, especially when you look at the real issues that people run into in marriage. Um, and people always say it's like kids and money, but like, I think it's more than that. I think it's how you fight. I, th- I think there's a lot of um, what you're, yeah, what you value most in life. Like that was something me and my husband connected on our first date. We had very same kind of core goals for our life and, and we value the same things the same way. Um, and I think like every other relationship, I just don't think was based on that. You know, that wasn't something we talked about. Maybe we were too young. I don't know. But <laughs> but I would say that you probably did have a lot of these um, qualifiers and maybe you were subconsciously checking as you were dating, you know, and, and that's how you determined your your level of comfort and how you trusted him. So I think a lot of people do it in a subconscious way. But if you go in like with that in your forefront, it just weeds out a lot of potential problems. So how do you navigate people into doing that from like an online space? Because online dating is very new to me. It's foreign to me, basically, because I met my husband organically. And like literally that was the age of like Match.com and eHarmony. So it was before the apps, before the swiping and, and the stuff like that. So like when your attention is needed in like that short of a time, like you're not getting a full profile, you're getting a snapshot. How do you approach that, I guess, as, as qualifying people? Or is that just picture? No. So it's interesting. So I actually write my clients online dating profiles from the perspective of their dream woman. So I get to know exactly what they're looking for. And then I make sure I am speaking directly to her. So maybe her profile might be harder to qualify, but when she reads his profile, she's going to know, okay, he's got this. He wants this kind of relationship, this kind of woman, this kind of life. And she's going to say, that's my person. So that's the difference. I didn't even think think about that. So it's about attracting the right type of person as opposed to like fishing for the right kind of person. Absolutely. Because especially because, you know, there's so many more men on the app. So it's much more competitive for them. So having amazing pictures and like I have clients that are so cute and I'm looking at the pictures they have up. I'm like, this doesn't even look like you. Like we've got to get new pictures. I feel like men almost take it as a badge of honor that they like don't, you know, I'm not going to have like a cute picture with me posing or anything. And meanwhile, oh. girls are like, what do you look like? Why is this taken in like your bathroom? <laughs> oh my God. How many times do I tell people like, take off your sunglasses, take off your baseball hat. I need to see your face, your eyes, your smile. Yes. Like this is what Because women- baseball hat hot is a thing too. And women are aware of that. We're like, okay. I mean, he's hot in a backwards hat, but like, is he actually hot? We don't know yet. He's going to show up in that hat at the nice restaurant and you're going to meet him and be like, <laughs> who are you? Um, I like- I tell men, like, when your pictures look good and they look consistent, that builds authenticity. She knows who she's meeting. She doesn't have to wonder, is it you with the beard, you with sunglasses? Like, let's just keep it really simple, make it easy on women. And I'm always trying to help the women out. So that's part of the the strategy. We appreciate that on the opposite side. I'm sure all the single girlies, for sure, appreciate men getting coached in in romantic entanglements. Um, But so when you meet your clients... Do you have like a a kind of a common thread of the type of men who seek out your services? Because I would imagine that it's not, you know, the hit it and quit it types. Right. Yeah. I always tell men I am not a pickup artist. There's plenty of men and probably women who teach that. That's just not me. That's not my style. That's not how I would ever want to be approached. I like having a strategy, but also being you. And I find that that's how you really connect with the right kind of woman. And also, I have a whole feminist manifesto on my website. I wanted to be very clear with what I am going to be coaching you and from what perspective. There should be no question. And I also tell them how I give a portion of my sales to Planned Parenthood. So if they have any any uh, question about the perspective that I'm giving and how I feel about equality and um, you know having equal domestic partnerships and being against weaponizing competence and just all of it... Um, yeah, and it really is great for me because I'm working with men who I really believe are going to make who genuinely like women. Genuinely like women want high value, educated, kind, smart, fun, amazing women. <clears throat> Excuse me. So 
um, I like to just be really, really clear. And I tell people from the start, I'm not the coach for all men. I might not mm-hmm. be the one you're looking for. If this, that's not what well, you're looking for, that's cool. Let's be serious. There's certain men who would never have a female dating coach. Oh, I get told at least a million. Anyone who's looked in the comments section of any of my videos, I get thousands of comments about, you don't ask a fish, you ask a fisherman. I get that so much. You know, Don't ask a woman for advice. Women don't know what they want. But the men who follow me and who really get it, they're amazing. And they're going to be amazing partners for someone. So I just tune out the new, the noise. And I'm just focused on these men that I know I can get out there in the dating marketplace for women. Oh, yeah. And like women are waiting for that too. Because, oh you know, there's so many wolf in sheep's clothing when it comes to dating that, and we've kind of seen it almost take on a life of its own on on the internet with like the good guy syndrome and the like expectation and the I'm doing everything right. Like I'm owed a woman, which <laughs> is very oh, toxic. Yeah, it um, is. So all I can really do is I just keep putting out the kind of content to my to the audience that I think will understand and really, you know, wants to find their partner. And you know, look, maybe I'll somehow educate people who don't understand my methods. And that's okay too. You can't change minds, but I'm just kind of staying the course and and putting that message out there. I mean, that's incredible. But like, so I'm so curious because what is the, what is the problem then? Let's say, cause I'm assuming that the men that come to you, as you said, like women in general, want, want a life partner, want a serious relationship um, obviously have like enough wherewithal and disposable income to hire help in this department. So like, what's wrong with these guys? Why aren't, why aren't they able to do this on their own? So there's a lot of answers to this. And I'll first start off by saying, you know, I was thinking if, if you don't have an older sister or you're not close with your mother, or you don't have female friends, who is teaching this, these skills to you? And I actually asked that in one of my videos. And a lot of men are like, I don't have anybody who's ever taught me. How do you pick up a phone and ask a woman on a date? How do you approach a woman in public? They've never had the role model to begin with. So I have a lot of men in their twenties and thirties who've never been on a date, never asked a woman out. And I really, you know, especially because I'm a mom and I'm raising a son, I think, you know, what if this was my son and he needed support one day? I would hope that someone out there would have some some guidance and support for him. So I believe that a lot of men in this generation, we have more single people than ever. Um, they are lacking appropriate role models, a lot of really bad role models out there in terms of how to treat and date women. Um, and there, there aren't as many positive role models. So That's one problem. And of course, we have COVID, which really isolated people and set a lot of a lot of people back. And we were taught to not go near anybody and communication really suffered as well as this is the first generation where the primary form of communication is all texting. So I've got I was just gonna ask that if you think like technology and social media has really changed the game as far as like communication and approachability and things like that, because Oh, you know, yeah. people kind of laugh. They're like, we well, don't just like meet somebody in a bar anymore. And I'm like, really? You don't like, it hasn't been that long, so, you know, since my day. So like, you, you don't think you could just like go talk to somebody? Is that not what people it's, are doing? Oh my gosh. I mean, I have clients who will say the Me Too movement terrified me from even saying hello to a woman. That's a whole other issue. But there's so many societal factors Um, that are impacting the way that men are out there dating and more importantly, not dating. And I do think they want to, but they've been fed a lot of messages. And I think a lot of them are paralyzed and do not know what to do. So that's where somebody Mm -hmm. like me steps in and breaks it down, especially having a therapeutic background. A lot of men have social anxiety or just nervous. And so I, I walk them through it. And I think when you've got a plan, then you're, you begin to relax and with practice and support and also having this other group of men around you who are all going through the same thing, are all like-minded, all supporting each other. Talk about like what men need. Men need community. Men need that support. Yeah. And that's in my group membership. So I am very happy about that. You sound like the female hitch. <laughs> 
I don't know if I'm as cool as Will Smith, but thank you. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's as cool as Will Smith, actually. No. That's that's pretty fair. <laughs> He's pretty smooth. He is. So if these guys are unhappily single, let's say, um, I know you've probably heard, it's probably a huge part of like your world is like the whole incel thing. Um, would you say that some of these guys fall into that category or is that now taken on kind of a, its own monstery head to mean something kind yeah. of more aggressive? Yeah. And I get accused of that myself a lot. I mean, I, I get called pretty much like every <laughs> everything in the book and you know, I just always reiterate, I'm I'm genuinely just here to help people find the love life that they actually want. And like you had mentioned, you know, if they're unhappily single, because there's plenty of people who are like, I'm single and I'm happy. I'm like, awesome. Yeah, I like that's completely, that's a completely different scenario. Yeah. Because if you're happy and you're single, then like, do you boo, like have a great time. Like, nope, nobody needs a partner if you don't want a partner. Um, I totally agree. And I think women more than anyone are really taking that to heart. And I think a lot of women are opting out of dating as well, because they're finding a lot of happiness living alone and whether they well, choose motherhood or not. I would also not. argue, though, that women are opting out of partnerships because of the emotional intelligence level of men. Absolutely. I think finally women are just like, you know, I don't feel like being an educator and a handholder and a mom yes. to my romantic partner. It's a lot of work and, and I just don't want to do it. And especially if you like already know you don't want, want kids because obviously procreation, you kind of need two to tango. Um, granted, even that, you know, there's options now. But for the people who don't want to have children, you don't really need a romantic partner unless you want one, unless it's going to enhance your life somehow. And I think there's a lot of women who are finding the, these communities of other women and finding fulfillment in their careers and in traveling and in friendships and having these incredibly rich lives. And men, I feel like, and I, I see this all the time, especially online, and I know you see it too, is just men haven't evolved fast enough. No. Um, I think, and they always say feminism, you know, killed the traditional marriage, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But what it, it didn't kill the traditional marriage. I mean, it actually, it kind of did, but for good reasons for women. Yes. Like yes. women are psyched by it because we're not, you know, beholden to the authority of a man. Like now the partnership has to be equal. So that did change the dynamics. And I don't think, I think there's a lot of men who still feel entitled to a spouse mm -hmm. regardless of their qualifiers, really, as far as emotional intelligence. Yes. And the anger, when we talk about angry men, it is from that exact point that they mm -hmm. have been left behind. They are not at the same emotional intelligence level as their partners, and they are angry. And so yeah. it's, it, and I think that the internet- And instead of working on themselves, they're oh, going to yeah. yell at women. <laughs> of course. Well, it's not so much easier, but the internet has shined this light all about what it should be acceptable in relationships. Mm -hmm. Think about it. If you never knew, and you had just the window in your own community and your own family as to what a partnership should be, and you're in a small town or wherever- if you never knew that there was another way or that people had different ideas around equality and partnerships, I mean, the internet and technology has transformed the modern partnership. I mean, without this I think knowledge it's transformed every kind of relationship. Because when I Absolutely. talk about boundaries within like the mm -hmm. nuclear family, I get so much pushback from people being like, well, that's not how we do it. You honor your elders. There's no like it, you know, there's, there's just a hierarchy and that's how it's done. And I understand that that is cultural, but, uh, but I, I do not come from a culture where that hierarchy is, you know, set in stone, right? Yeah. Like I came from a generation where it was, but now, you know, seeing different dynamics and the, the exchange of ideas and the understanding that, wait, I don't have to be completely overlooked or not listened to because I'm younger. Like that doesn't actually make much sense in a respectful relationship. And you can apply that logic to male-female relationships. I don't need to take your behavior because you're a man. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and, and again, like it's just changed. And I, I do have empathy, I think, for men, just like I have empathy for women who were told, you know, we can do it all, be it all, have it all, which I know you've talked about on your podcast, and that was great. I think men were also fed a false dream. The ones who saw their dads go out to work, maybe be their mom stayed home, took on all the domestic labor. I do think a lot of them were exposed to that. And 
Yeah. Things have changed very quickly. And I don't think the that script they have has definitely flipped models. and it's flipped in the last, like, I'd say like 25 years, like yes. very quickly. Very, um, very quickly. Yeah. With like Gen X and millennials coming into adulthood. Yes. And it's, it's now completely different. And I look at my marriage and I look at a few of my friends who have these more equal partnerships and they are by far happier. Oh like, gosh, yes. By far getting more out of marriage. Yes. Than the people who have the more traditional ideas on marriage. I'll say that. Yes. Yes. But you will hear that the traditional marriages might have longer lasting marriages, but I always say that has nothing to do with the quality and the happiness within the marriage. That's so not, not that success. Yeah. Be, that's not that's not the quality of it. You can absolutely hate someone for 50 years. Totally. <laughs> I don't recommend it. I mean, you certainly could. I mean, that's when you see the little old ladies and they're like, yep, couldn't wait till he died and then he died. Oh. And I'm like, but you were married for like 58 years and yeah. like probably the beacon of the community. And you're like, yep, hated him. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we see that nearly as much. And I think that that's a very good thing. I do too. And, you know, people always say divorce rates and they're like, oh, you know, it's such a tragedy. No, it's not. I mean, don't get me wrong. Divorce impacts children and, and it can be extremely traumatic. Um, so in that respect, like if, if you're going to get divorced, try and do it before kids, if you can make that choice. But a lot of people can't, you know, you get right. to a point where you just are no longer compatible. And I feel like a lot of women, especially like in your early twenties and your late teens, I feel like you have this like pedestal of marriage, right? And it's the timeline of what's appropriate and what you're supposed to do. And there's like, I'll never forget this. I had a, a good friend of mine um, who obviously I'm not going to name, but I had a good friend of mine who was talking to me. It must have been right around when my first my first child was born. And they were um, about to get married and absolutely so excited for them. They've been dating for three and a half years. You know, this is this is the goal, right? Like this is the goal. And I was talking about my marriage and I was talking about my husband and how much we love to spend time together and like how great it is and how like just just gushing about my husband, pregnancy hormones too, you know, so just <laughs> weeping about how much I love my husband. And she like, and my other friend who was sitting next to me was talking about hers and same thing. She was like, I I'm so glad I found him. This feels like nothing like I've ever had. This is like a friendship and a partnership. And she looks at both of us and she's like, I don't have that. And she's like, I don't feel that way. She goes, but honestly, like, I can't start over. And I just was like, don't do yeah. it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Like, you know what I mean? But you can't like mm -mm. argue someone out of their relationship. A, that's also, you know, friend, you're supposed, you're there to support your friend. But I just remember being like, are you sure? Mm -hmm. Like, are you sure? Because disentangling from that is, is much harder than just not doing it. Oh. So true. But oh, that dream, that dream gets us so, so strong. Right. We want the white dress and the wedding and the kids and the picket fence and the whole thing. And I know that that's a very Susie, Susie Homemaker thing to say, but like, I know I had those dreams as a kid. Totally. And um, now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, thank God. Thank God it worked out because like, that's how I think like, what is it? I don't know if this is still the statistic, but like half of marriages don't work out as I think people get blinded by the timeline mm -hmm. and the fantasy of it. Yes. And yes. then you're stuck in it. And then, you know, they the eight years, 10 years down the road, you've got two kids. All of a sudden you're responsible for doing all of the kids stuff, all the domestic mm -hmm. labor. You don't have the same like, you know, time for sexuality as you do because, you know, there's business of marriage too. Um, and now you're stuck with like the work of marriage, which is the day-to-day -day stuff. And, and, if, and if, you can't, if you can't like each other through that, I mean, it's, that's it. That's it. And if you feel like your husband is just an extra child in the house, which is what I hear yeah. a lot, and then people say, you know what? It's easier being alone than having a partner that's that feels like the post-divorce glow up. Yes. That's what happens. These women like just flourish when they <laughs> cut this dead weight out of their life. But it's because I don't think they had an equal partner from the get-go. Absolutely. And, and I think that as parents, when we're raising, you know, future partners, whether male, female, non-binary, whoever you have, we all need to 
be very realistic about what is modern marriage and what we expect and what our boundaries are and what we tolerate and what we don't. And also having, I mean, for me, of course, this is my opinion, but telling my child, if it ever isn't working, it's okay to get out. And that you you can end a marriage. That doesn't mean you fail, that not mm-hmm. all marriages are forever marriages. And that's okay too. I think we've got to kind of encourage our children and hope for the best, but also preparing them for reality and and knowing that they have support no matter what happens. And that they don't have to get married like young. I feel like that's really important too, because I look back at, for some reason, I always wanted to get married at 24. I don't know why. I was like very number centric. Cause like, you know, you're like, okay, well I'm, I'm going to get married at this age and then I'm gonna have a kid at this age because you're a child and you don't know that that's not how life works. <laughs> but, but 24 now to me seems insanely young. Very like young. you're just out of college. You're just in those early 20 years. And in my opinion, like your twenties are such a chaotic decade, but also like so much fun. <laughs> So fun. But yeah, learning so much. I don't feel like I knew who I was until my early 30s. That's when I was like, oh, okay, I'm here. Got it. Yeah. (laughs) Now I figured out who I am like this. this, And you know what? I give it to the people who know they don't want to have children because I was talking to a mutual of mine who they are. She's married to her husband. They they are child free by choice happily. And we had this conversation like over DM and I was like, I think the people who want kids, and I did a podcast about this. I don't even remember if it's published or not because I have just, I have so much going on, but, but it's about the biological clock and how that impacts like the game of musical chairs of dating and how men actually have kind of a hand up in this because they can be a little bit more choosy and selective in their timing of everything. But when women want to have kids and there are a lot of us that for better, for worse, will do anything to have a child. It is a biological, just evolutionary (laughs) need, want, desire. If you do have that, not everybody does, but if you do have that, that really narrows your window of when you're trying to shack up and find like a forever partner. And like, that's not very conducive to like a fantastic match. I totally agree. I love being a woman. I would say the thing I like the least is that exact conundrum that you have described that we are on this timeline and this pressure if you want to be a parent. And like you said, that urge is so real. It was for Mm -hmm. me. I was like, I would, I would have stopped at nothing to have a kid when I was ready. I, yeah, you just do you, that is very real for people and it definitely affects where you are, who you're with, what choices you make. And that's why I just say, do what's right for you at the time. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, your life will recorrect itself. I have so many people I coach who are coming out of long-term relationships, marriages, single dads. I'm like, this is the perfect time for you to, to invest in yourself. Let's start over. Let's start fresh. I think that new beginnings are exciting. And if that is where you are in life, your life is not over. There is always so much life and love to be had, I think, for your whole life. So I And again, we definitely have the leg up in that too, because, you know, the big knock um, on divorced women, which I think is so gross and so is that they already have children. I'm like, well, the men do too. Yes. You know what I mean? Like the men have, like there's a dad out there too. So there's some woman dating the single dad. You know what I mean? Like it's such a double standard and, you know- I have seen women I'm close with absolutely thrive after marriages, mm-hmm. find a better partner, find their true person. And um, at least like, I feel so lucky that my kids actually have a pretty good example of that with my husband's parents. They got mm-hmm. divorced really when he was really young. So they have four grandparents and like, I can't even imagine his biological parents married to each other at this point, but like they get along, but it's just, they're so perfect for the people that they're with that it doesn't make divorce seem like this big, scary thing, you know? I love that. I love that they have those role models. And just it goes like with everything in life. There's just more than one way to do things. People have mm-hmm. to do what's right for them. We are only on this earth for a very, very short amount of time. Do you want quality of life? Do you want to be trapped in a marriage that's not serving you? Do you want to be alone and single? Do you want to try and have another relationship? Like, 
this is it. We, we don't mm-hmm. get this time back. Like you've got to just really dive into what's going to make you feel fulfilled. And I do see the fear of divorce being like a big thing for men because, you know, I've gotten into some debates online with, you know, the people who say, well, what's in it for men anymore to get married? And I'm just like, oh, bro, you are, (laughs) you're coming at it from like the wrong angle. Like we have nothing to discuss right now because a a, a partnership and and a true committed, true loving relationship is the most valuable thing you could have in your life. Like that's it. That's what life's about. Like, and they get so hung up on the, oh, well, a a woman can take you for everything you've got. And like, there's no reason for a man to get married. And I hear these things and I'm like, I feel a repulsed, but also really sad for you. Like that that's going to be your whole life because you're never going to be able Mm -hmm. to have those real connections if you don't a get over the fear of like, rejection and loss, which I think everybody has to in order to truly be open with somebody. But also like you're looking at marriage like a business arrangement. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which maybe it was once, but it's not anymore. When I hear comments like that, it makes me wonder who hurt you. Really? Yeah. Where where does that come from? Because that's not sounding like someone who has an emotionally healthy either attachment style or role models. Um and would not or good would not. past relationships. Like you are not on good terms with your ex if that's your way of thinking no, at all. Oh no, you gotta you gotta do some therapy, friend. We gotta figure out where mm-hmm. these ideas are coming from. We gotta unpack this. And and a lot of men do need therapy. And I'm glad to say that it is less stigmatized. And a lot of men are even putting it on their online dating profiles. Like I'm in therapy. Because like <laughs> Honestly, women I swear to it. God, if somebody had on their dating profile, if I saw one and it said willing to go to therapy to be a oh. better person, I'd be like, that's him. Is that not the most attractive thing you've heard? <laughs> That's incredible. Self-improvement, self-awareness. These are the qualities, gentlemen. These are the qualities yes. we're looking for. We don't need perfect. Nope. And those <laughs> we, are the men that are going to find the high value women. And those are the men that are going to, quote unquote, win, win the race, you know, when it comes to finding those partners. They're, absolutely. They're doing it the right what way. woman wants to be with somebody who A, is like, yep, I'm a dick and I'm fine with it. Like, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not a great Awesome. <laughs> This is, this is a me problem then. Okay. Fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It, it is really fascinating. And, and I think time will definitely tell and see how all of these dynamics are going to play out and what will come of the men who, you know, are either opting out or not keeping up with today's. So my husband moment. and I talked about this because finding the, getting the male perspective on incels and, and, um, this like unhappy man syndrome that is happening all across the country is like, and I tell him about this because he's chronically unonline. Like he's not, he has no social media or internet presence whatsoever. So he finds all of this just wackadoodle. Um, and he's like, I was like, yeah, there's all these men and they're so mad. <laughs> they're so mad that women won't sleep with them, that they make these groups and they're, and they're angry at women and they hate women for it. And, and it's all our fault. And he's like, imagine, he's like, imagine knowing that women won't sleep with you and thinking it's a woman problem. Like he's like, that's shocking. He's like, imagine being able to like have no women, no woman, not any of them want to have sex with you and it be their problem, not your, like he's yeah. He's like, dude, go to therapy. Like, so, um, it, this is a you problem. Fix it. It is. It is. And it's, you know what? It, it wouldn't take long to, to get support. And you just, again, it comes down to who are the voices you're listening to? Who, who are, Whose book are you reading, right? Like, so what are much. you subscribing to? Yeah. Do you I mean, follow, um, I'm going to forget her handle, the Stop Giving Men Microphones No, account. but I need to. That oh my sounds God. great. So she, she finds po- like male, like macho man podcasters and like videos online of just like horrible advice for men, um, super alpha male stuff. And she like does a whole bit of like, stop giving men microphones. <laughs> and it's just, it's true because there's these men who A, hate women. I think Andrew Tate is like the king rat of all of them, right? Yes. Like he's yes. the kingpin of all the women hating men who also happen to be a sex trafficker. Which is yeah, shocking, shocking right? Yeah, right? <laughs> who's, who's surprised, right? Yeah. You have all this advice for how to get women to willingly sleep with you and instead you imprison them. Buy them. <laughs> yes. By yes. women, never a good look. That's the oldest men. trick in the book, honestly. Like, oh, for so, sure. 
nobody needed to to buy your podcast, Andrew. <laughs> like the whole women enslavement thing. We've already seen that uh, many times over. We thought you had some something of value, but no, he all these podcasters like obviously hate women, obviously think that men are owed something, obviously feel feminism is like a dirty word. Mm-hmm. Like, and just give these men, these men who probably have good intentions who want to find relationships, who, who want to like in the crudest sense, get laid, but like mm-hmm. find a way to do that. Like talk to women and like are just getting this awful advice. Of, yeah. like, and it's, you can see it poisoning younger generations. And I'm so nervous for these like Gen Z and Gen Alpha, like these boys growing up in this like hyper toxic social media masculinity phase. Cause I do believe yes. this is a phase Yes. I think this is the pushback to the recalibration of the social con- contract of marriage. I think absolutely things changed so quickly that this is the equal yet opposite reaction. You know what I mean? Yes. And and I you know I think I mentioned earlier. You know I would love for there to be a million female coaches to help combat some of the noise that's in the space. But I will say, you have to have really thick skin to be a woman because. I will get so much hate every single day. And that is part, of course, of what I expected being in this space. But there will always be trolls and there will always be disgusting men who don't care what you say because you're a woman. And if you're, they think you're single, they're like, well, you're single. And I'm like, but I'm married. They're like, oh, well, you're married. You don't know anything. And oh, you're in your 30s. You don't know anything. And this, that, and the other. I mean, it never ends. And I think that knowing that is why a lot of women are not speaking out publicly. They're not using these platforms that we need them to be on. And if I could just encourage women to do it, (laughs) you know. I do. And I get a lot of the same comments because, you know, they'll be like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I've been married Mm -hmm. for 10 years, like very happily. And my husband is quite satisfied. So like, maybe if you want that, listen to women who are in these situations because like, it's not working for you, dude. Like, it's just mm-hmm. not working for you right now. Listening to whoever you are listening to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't want to like a lot, again, not all of them, but um, a lot of them don't want to hear it. And then a lot of women on the other side, and I, I understand this too, but a lot of women are just doing the whole like F men, I'm done with it. Like, I don't want to even engage with men because men are trash and like fair point. But at the same time, like, if you find yourself in a lonely place, you're going to have to talk to some men. Like, you know, we've got to kind of all be in this together in in this way. Like, um, I was reading The Will to Change by Bell Hooks. Mm -hmm. And she said something like the the feminist movement is fantastic for women, but what it has done is it has enabled um, a lack of compassion for men. Mm -hmm. And... Although I completely understand a lot of it is justified. Let's just put it out there right now. A lot of it's justified. A lot of it has been as a reaction to being put in danger and dangerous abusive situations. And at the end of the day, like, yeah, fool me once, you know, shame on me, shame on you to fool me twice, shame on me. But at the same time, you know, you're, you're also going to run into women who want the companionship. Of course. So if we're not willing to come together and agree, okay, we've gotten here. The men aren't there yet. Selecting better partners by like emotional intelligence and conversation skills, communication, like Mm -hmm. those are things, there are still men out there who can do that, I guess is what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way. There are men that are valuable. There are men that are wonderful partners Um, you just got to weed through the trash basically. And, and hopefully find somebody who's coming to see someone like you, who's willing to change, (laughs) willing to put in the work, um, and who's willing to do better because they're recognizing the traditional way of things is not the way things are done anymore. And I do think for the women out there who are listening to, there are men of value that make relationships worth it. There are men of value who make fantastic fathers and partners Um, and maybe they just don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I know I've been spoiled and my marriage is very, you know, different than a lot. My husband does majority of domestic labor in my home. He, 
He does Me all the too. cooking. He does all the cleaning. He does like the grocery shopping and the trip planning and he remembers everything. And I I'm highly just, like, recommend finding it. like someone who's type A, whose love yes. language is acts of service. Like that's oh, a that's fantastic him. combination. Yes. It is literally a dream. I like I can't I can't get over it. So I feel very spoiled, but that I share that not just because I am madly in love with my husband, but these men absolutely are there and they exist mm-hmm. and they want women of high value that that you know they can cherish and love and support and whatever their dreams are. And um I think women are just tired, you know. I feel yeah. like the the burden of educating men has been on women forever. And I think there's so much pushback on it. So like, I understand, Mm -hmm. I totally understand the like, you know what? Never mind. Like, I'm just not dating men ever again. Like, I'm just done. I totally understand that. But then there's people like you and like me and like some other creators who are just so getting so much out of their marriage Oh yeah, that like, there is something of value here and there is something worthwhile. And I, I don't know how to get every more people to this place because I'm not a couples therapist, but I don't know how I ended up here either. But when both sides of the conversation say like, oh, marriage or oh, men, oh, women, oh, I just, oh, my heart hurts for them. Because like when you have a true love and you have that, that true partnership, the sky's the limit. Like that's what I think life is all about is these like deep, meaningful connections. And yes, you can get that in other relationships, but like I think it was Joan Rivers who said, and she very successful, very happy woman who said at the end of her life, she's like, the only, like one of the things I regret is that I never had a love of my life. I never had someone who was there for everything, for every stage, who I could reminisce about everything with because they were right next to me. And I could say, remember when? Mm. And they were there for all of it. Oh, it just gives me chills. Like there is something of value of walking through your life with somebody next to you. And, and that's a gift. Yes. It really is. And I think that's the core of what marriage should be. And and it's so sad to see this like disillusionment on one side and anger on the other. And like, God, we got to get everybody to, to understand that human connection is the point. Yes. And I, I feel very hopeful. I'm an eternal optimist. At the end of the day, I think that there are amazing men out there. And I know there are because that they Send me messages by you the You probably thousands. run into more good ones than most women, yes. though, like on average. <laughs> yes. And it's so, you know, reassuring that this, you know, presence I've built and these communities I've built are filled with men who all really do want this meaningful, loving, um, connection. equal relationship and connection. And that that's what's going to keep me going till I'm 90 in my wheelchair trying to match up people in the old folks' homes because I think you can Well, but I also think the benefit of you being a woman in this space is that women will trust you. Yes. It's so funny. Is there a way? What? Oh, no, go ahead. So I, I was in a, a local Facebook group and I saw this post of these young women who are saying, we want to go date. And I said, I'm not a matchmaker, but I do have a client here who's wonderful. And I got flooded. And like, this is. I was about to ask if you have like any sort of matchmaking service in your services because women are not going to listen to men who are like, yeah, my buddy's great. Like, no, but like, if, (laughs) but if you as a couple, a light, like a couple's therapist and a men's dating coach are like, yeah, he's not a creep. Here's Brad. He likes boating and Dave Matthews band. And he'd be like, okay, you should do that. I mean, I told her, I said, look, like there's nothing in this for me. I'm just doing this because I saw you were interested. And this is the kind of guy I'd set up with my sister if I had a sister. And she's like, oh my gosh, send him. And we need to bring matchmaking back. I know the Jewish bubbies used to do matchmaking. And I think it's still a thing, honestly. I'm sure my Jewish ancestors were doing it in the shtetl. I'm sure they were. (laughs) Absolutely. And I mean, I know the Orthodox community still do matchmaking. But like literally getting someone vetted by somebody who's like, has your best interests at heart is very powerful and important. And I think, I think the matchmakers are going to come back. I think this is a thing. I think this is the next level of your business. I think you should. All be right. You, you called it. We got it. We got to start it. I'll have to throw some events. We'll, we'll start. I mean it because women are just so in Charleston, especially women outnumber men, like three to one, like it, it's, it's insane. So men are just shooting fish in a barrel. They never really have to commit. It's mm-hmm. it's very like serial dating and and women want these relationships and I think men do too at some point when they get there. Mm-hmm. 
but like, especially in the divorced community or the second marriage community, people are either like very disillusioned or they're like, I'm not settling for anything other than fireworks. You know, I'm not settling for anything mediocre ever again. And, you know, you've got to date a lot to get through that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it, it is a marathon. And that's why I always say you need good support systems when you're going through this. So whether it's a dating coach or a married friend, you can offer support or another single friend or family, like going through it alone, it will wear you out. And I think that's when you really start to see people opting out. And I don't want. Yeah. Like this is, this is too much work. Everyone sucks. Like I'm done. I'm just going to go home. (laughs) Yeah. Which, you know, I, I can see the appeal, but again, I'm, I'm really optimistic. And I, I believe that if, people have this desire to meet someone, they will. I think if you want it, that means it's meant for you and it's out there for you. I think so too. And so with your male clients, like, have you seen the happily ever afters? And like, how does that look? Oh my gosh. I mean, I've, there've been marriages, there've been babies, like nothing makes me happier. It's the best feeling in the world. Um, I remember right when I first started, right out of graduate school, I was living in Boston where I first launched my first coaching business. And there was a client and he was just kind of sweet, a little nerdy. He didn't have a lot of experience with women. And I helped him get set up on the app. Those are the best ones. Oh, the best. Total (laughs) great guy. And he, um, right after we started working together, connected with a woman on the apps and they have two babies. He got married. They are like thriving. And it just made me so happy because like you just want that. You want them to find their person and to feel confident in themselves. It's not about these pickup lines. It's not about reciting a script. Like he was himself and he attracted a woman who was going to be his right match. And that's what it's all about. And do you find that the hardest thing for them is like, is it the knowing how to communicate with a woman or is it knowing what they truly want or is it um, being able to be emotionally vulnerable? Oh gosh. It's everything. It's everything. Because I mean, look, men are Because you got to have all of that. And that's a lot of like self-reflection and work. I think you can tell how emotionally vulnerable and communicative a man will be based on how many male friends he has and what kind of conversations he's having with his friends. So if they're just hanging out and drinking beer and watching a sports game, but they're not asking like, hey, what's going on with your wife? Or hey, what's, you know, been, how's your mom doing if she's sick? Like if there's none of that kind of communication going on, it's likely you're not going to get a lot of that emotional depth and vulnerability in your relationship. Oh, and that's, I mean, that's the good stuff too. I mean, yeah. that's, I like to get deep very quickly. So <laughs> in all of my relationships, so that, that would have been, I think that's honestly one of the things that drew me to my, my husband is that we, by the end of like the first day we met, we were talking life plans and life philosophies and like mm-hmm. how things in America don't make sense. And like how we were going to run off to the island. Like we had our, we had just all of that. We, we got deep really quickly. And I know that's not everybody's thing, but I have ADHD and that's definitely that's my thing. Amazing. So did it feel easy? Did you feel like it just flowed and you felt like yourself? Yeah, it didn't feel. Yeah. So we, di- we actually met in like a fairly platonic way. So it wasn't like, there was none of that, like jitters acting a certain way. Like we met at my dad's birthday party. Cause he was like the son of a, like a couple of my parents' friends. Um, so it wasn't a dating scenario. It wasn't a predatory scenario. Like bars kind of can be like, um, it really was just like, oh, you're around my age and everyone else is 65 and 70. Like, let's chat. And it, it was so comfortable that I almost mistook it for like no spark being there. Um, like he was, he's a good looking guy and all that, but I like, I was used to the, the anxiety of it, the, the game of it. I had very toxic relationships. Um, because this didn't feel like that. I was like, well, what's what's this then? Yeah, that peace. Yeah, this is just easy. And it's been easy since day one. And we celebrated our 10-year anniversary this year. And it's still oh, easy. I love that. My mom, she always gave me really great dating advice. And she said, you know you're with the one that uh, you're meant to be with if they had... Uh-oh, can you hear me? Did I just yep. freeze? Oh, sorry. My computer's acting up. Um, So my mom always gave me this really great advice that, um, you know, you're with the one that you're supposed to be with if 
they had to, like, say, pack up and move to the middle of the country, the middle of nowhere, and you weren't going to know anybody. You would have to change jobs. You would leave everything that you knew, and you would still feel at home with them. Then that's your person. And I thought that's that a, that was really, that's really good advice. Solid advice. Yeah. Moms give really good like- advice. My mom always told me to marry my best friend, and I always thought that was cliche and didn't actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. It does. And it's wonderful when it does happen. But yeah, I'm I'm really hopeful for this next generation. I hope my kids find a partner like I have found. I hope by modeling it, you know, there's a better chance. Um, but life is life. Who knows? And I just, I have hope for the next generation, but it's, the growing pains are hard to watch for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think that as long as we keep dialogue open and keep the conversations going, that we will all get through it together. I think so, too. As long as there's people on both sides, men and women and people in the middle who identify as non-binary, as long as you want a life partner and you're willing to be vulnerable and work on yourself, I think I think there's always hope, honestly, to, to a real meaningful lifelong connection. And I think the work that you're doing, you know, to bridge that gap is really important. I think having a woman on the men's side is honestly the only way I think they're going to be successful, if I'm being honest, Um, because the men are not, the blind is not leading the blind very well. I appreciate that very much. And I'm I'm really enjoying it. And um, it's giving me hope. It's giving me hope for the next generation that, that these men are, you know, putting in the work and putting in the effort. It's, it's really heartwarming to see. It is heartwarming to know that there are enough men to keep you in business who want yes. good relationships based on equality and partnership and connection and and I think I think you're you're doing the good work for sure. Oh. You are you're definitely making a difference to people and definitely changing some men's perceptions of women, which is huge. And truly you are you're like a feminist warrior, but like on the, you're like a in the other camp. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's so kind. <laughs> um so for anybody who is interested in a dating coach, are you still doing couples therapy or is it just the yes, dating coaching? I, you okay. know, I, I can't get rid of it entirely. I love, love being a therapist. So yes, I still have a private practice here in Charleston. Fantastic. So if anybody is local to Charleston or if you want to check out her uh, dating services or couple services, check out Sarah Tick at 3 Minute Advice on TikTok. Um, do you have a website you want to let them know about? Sure. So my dating coaching website, it's um, www.themodernmeet.com. Themodernmeet.com. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I've loved getting to know you. I know you're local to Charleston, so I want to meet you in person soon. <laughs> oh, I would love that. Thank you because so much for I would love me. to have a, a TikTok friendship that turns to a real friendship. Um and Charleston's a small town. I'm surprised we haven't run into each other before. But I know. We'll do it. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining me and Sarah on this episode of It's Called Life. I'm Lisa P. And I will see you on the next episode.